This episode of the Damage Guild podcast is sponsored by listeners like you. Join the guild at patreon.com slash damage guild to receive exclusive perks, member rewards, and bonus content. Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. How many men are under the city? Approximately 30 to 40. Honestly, this sounds like a dangerous mission, but I will see if anyone here is willing to come. I cast Identify on the crown. The crown of Altoria. Your charisma score goes up by two after you've been wearing it for a week. If your alignment's non-lawful, you get half the charges. Aslo is not lawful and has no followers. Mm. Pledging fealty, basically they're going to treat you as their king. You can't use these spells to create followers to then give you more charges. We'll come out every time a shift changes and see if he's had any updates. You settle in for the night. You find out that they went down to the sewers with a group of eight, all mithril and steel class. Ten hours pass, so it's now very early morning. You actually hear that Elindria has already returned. This feels like waiting for a baby to be born. <laughs> it's our baby of destruction of the cold. <laughs> Ruminand reports that Elindria returned with five others. Mm. Two of them were killed in the battle. However, it mostly wasn't the cultists that were the problem. During the fight, a gigantic creature burst out of the ground and swallowed half the combatants. Whoa, what? What? And just disappeared back into the darkness. What the heck? The cultists were pretty much eradicated at that point, and then the other guild members fled back to the surface. Wow. Wow. Some kind of, like, bulette? I don't think bulettes are big enough to... Devour cultists. To, like, eat multiple people. I don't know of anything in D&D. I mean, I know of worms from Dune, but wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's where my brain went when he said, like, burst and swallow. <laughs> yeah, like some something sort of... that can come up through rock. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, an earthworm, a vicious rock-eating worm. A uh, purple worm, maybe? Oh my gosh. Actually might be something that can do that. A purple worm. Good night. So maybe it's good that we didn't try to help them. We might be in the belly of a giant earth. <laughs> that could have been us, Tokus, if we had gone down there. Also, I feel like we have uh, some apologizing to do to the people that we were like, no, there's no monsters to worry about down there, just just cultists. Well, no, we didn't say there was no mo- Well, maybe Tokus <laughs> did. Well, I thought that they were going to fight the cult. They didn't necessarily have to fight them in the caves, but it sounds yeah. like that's what they decided to do. Yeah, it was more like they thought that they were going to have to go poking around down there looking for them when it was more of they were just there right as soon as you enter the underworld. Right. Uh, Well, we can at least offer our condolences. Yeah, which we do. To the brave adventurers who lost their lives for our cause. But it sounds like they were at least victorious despite the loss of life. They just about eradicated the cult. At least those at the entrance. Yeah, can we speak with Alendria? Is she available? Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say just those at the entrance thing? Said at least those at the entrance. They didn't go past that point. Yeah, that's what I was exactly what I was going to ask her when we talked to her, is how many there were. Right, how can we be sure the rest of the members were involved in that combat? You can find Alendria. She's resting up and tending to her wounds. She looks like she took a beating, but she's... Should be all right in the long run. Alendria, we were so sorry to hear about the brave adventurers who lost their lives. But we're so glad that you and the others made it out safely. As am I. They all knew what they were getting themselves into when they agreed to go into the underworld. There are so many unknown dangers down there. Mm. Yes, we are glad you were able to uh, rally some, some troops around you and take on the cult. But yeah, we're sorry to hear about those who passed. Well, there's no use in dwelling on the matter. Well, in any case, it sounds like you were fairly successful in the battle, or the creature that swallowed the remaining cultists was successful. <laughs> How many of them did you encounter? We quickly dispatched the cultists at the top. There were only a handful up there, and we killed all of them and destroyed that strange slime that they had. We then made our way down to the floor of the cave, where we found the rest of the camp. When battle ensued there... We were making short work of them for the most part, but I believe the battle was simply too loud and attracted unwanted attention. Mm. Once the worm appeared, we decided there was no value in staying behind. It was a worm. Mm, Worm. How many of the cultists were at the bottom when you fought them? Uh, We counted two dozen, 
Another six at the top. Okay. So the others had not made it back yet from the crown area. They're probably still down there. Yeah. Unless they know of that one other entrance. They're still down there or they've escaped while we've slept. Well, because remember, it takes a couple of hours to travel mm. through the underworld. Through the underworld, the, yeah. And then they would have had to figure out the puzzle and then decide what they were going to do before they came back. Mm. So it's possible they just didn't make it back in time. True. To save their friends. Huh. And what state did you leave the opening to the underworld in? We closed and barred the door and took away our ropes that we had used to climb down. And what about the hatch, the shaft that went down to the door? Uh, we did decide to recover it with the door that was on top of it. Okay. Okay, good. So, yeah, with that main door barred, that should prove a pretty formidable barrier for them to get past. Uh, guys, can we huddle up? Yeah. Yes, we huddle up. I don't know if I should describe this in front of her, considering she maybe just lost companions. We don't know if they were personally hers or not. Um, they didn't actually finish the mission. That is true. The mission was to take out the cult in its entirety. She just told us that they took out the ones that were at the camps. It's not a completed mission. If we had been on this quest, then we would not have received the reward for completing the mission. Mm. It's too bad we don't have somebody who can transmute rock to turn that whole shaft into just mud or clay or something lock it up. <laughs> but yes, that is technically true, Tokus, you are right. You also said they wouldn't have to go past the entrance, so... That's hmm. also true, but the, at the same time, the mission was to take out the cult, and I, I had described them maybe even waiting in the secret room. Mm. Yeah, that was part of the description. So I don't, I don't know how we're going to handle this, guys. So we have a partial completion. Those do still get rewarded, right? Haven't, haven't <laughs> yes. had prorated <laughs> missions in the past? Remember when we Escorted Elbert. Mm. Yeah, partial completions get a partial reward. Plus, it sounds like they didn't get to stay to enjoy looting the camps. Mm -hmm. So that's big as well. I'm, I'm, that's not me saying I want to prorate the gems or anything. Except for the crates and stuff that were at the top and the cultists that they killed up there. Yeah, did you, did you guys get to loot the cultists you did defeat? So we're, we're back to talking with her. Uh, we made the decision at first to search the belongings afterwards, once the mission was complete. However, when we withdrew, we were in a hurry to get out of there before the worm decided to go for a second bite. And we didn't end up searching. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, hearing about that giant worm, it's like my, my motivation to try to defeat the rest of that group. And, and I, I, I mean no disrespect by this, but we believe... The ones that were, you know, locked in trying to escape the contraption were the strongest members. And yeah, we don't we don't think we'd be able to handle what's left of them. Yeah, personally, I don't see Ribbon End going, well, OK, you tried. You tried your best. You just caught some rough circumstances. So here you go. Uh, but I mean, this is overall, this is really good news. Even if we didn't destroy the cult outright, we just, well, we, they just seriously hampered their efforts. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's a blow. So this is definitely something to celebrate for the sake of all of Nanette. Yeah. It is. And it is also a moral victory because our, our guild has been working on the cult secretly, but now this is more overt, right? We have witnesses mm -hmm. that are among the lower ranks. News will spread of this. Yes, it will. So cult awareness. Especially if Aslo writes a song about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then plays it on the Mechalo 5000. No, so, yes. you know, we, yeah. So I guess I guess that was a big goal with this, right? Making a mission about this was notoriety. Not our notoriety. I mean, like, infamy was the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like the cult is real and it's no longer just a little stamp on the bulletin board. It's like you guys fought them in hard combat and we thank you for that. And, and I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry that there was any discussion of prorating the mission. Like we, we think you guys should get the full gemstone sack and everything. Wait, what? <laughs> Since when? We do not think that. I just said the exact opposite. What did you say? Five Shabba? minutes ago. I said, I don't see us coming back from a mission and talking to ribbon and be like, you know, well, we really tried, but the circumstances were extenuating and there was this big monster. And so we couldn't complete the mission as prescribed. I don't, I don't know, man. I feel bad that they lost lives and they didn't get the full reward we promised anyway. 
do we really want to nickel and dime and get some of those gemstones back? Yes, we do. It's not really that I want to nickel and dime. I mean, no. No, we don't want to. (laughs) Okay, as I want to nickel and dime, it's really just the principle of how the guild operates, right? There needs to be a consistent standard. You have paid the guild to put up the commission. The guild then decides how that commission is resolved. And at this point it's likely that they will keep it open. It's you know partially solved, and then it's open for the next while at least mm. to see if anyone else wants to see if they can finish it. Okay. Mm. So maybe stronger members could be on the way, could hear word of this mission going unfinished, and Elundria and other maybe famous Mithril's uh, okay. being unsuccessful. Wow, there could be a round two. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Is there any chance that there could be like a minor quest or like a... Maybe not a quest, but, like, some street cred for, like, people watching to see if the cult is to leave the caves. That's the smallest thing we could maybe do is, like, watch and see, trail them. Now that Parthen Stoutheart has been made aware that they're operating down there, he can put out an APB to all his guards to keep an eye out for people coming up through manhole covers... Or maybe he can even post a guard out by that main entrance that we went in through, right out by where it dumps out into the sea. Yeah, and, I mean, the scale of this is definitely, its it's been out of our hands since we left the place. I agree, Shaba. I guess I just don't want them to get away. It's such a juicy opportunity to maybe take out one or more of their lieutenants. Yeah, you know. but what you said before is true in that the fact that we did go through the, the bureaucratic process means that we will now have closure and we'll know whether the quest gets completed by somebody else, right? Because Mm -hmm. it is an official logged in the record of the guild. So if somebody else decides to take up the mantle and complete the quest, then we will know because we won't get our gems back and it'll be (laughs) entered into the record. (laughs) But we'll also know if they did get away because the quest will go away. Right. Yes. Which is better than anything we could hope for by physically going down into the sewers and camping out for a week to see what happens, right? Right. I, I get what you're getting at, Shaba. I think I think you're trying to insinuate that I need to do some push-ups. Like, we're not strong enough <laughs> to help the efforts, the war efforts. Right. We're just not. Like, we couldn't have accomplished what Alundria and the other group of Mithrils and Steels did. We're not Steels, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What does it take to be a Steel? I think we need to increase our power level by at least, I don't know, eight, 9,000? What do you guys think? Yeah, probably 9,000. Let's go with that. Uh, but we did escape with our lives. We learned a lot. We, uh, we came, we saw, we snuck out. But <laughs> it is what it is, and we're, we're wiser for it now. Hmm. I think that says a lot. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get to training. Well, we technically can't do that until the DM says that we gained a level, and then we all shout and say, let's get to training. Oh, okay. No, you train, and then you gain the level. Oh. Yeah, but you announce first that we gain the level, and then we train because you told us that we could. Otherwise, we would just train all the time, and we'd be tw- we'd be level 25 by now. So. All right, so you're going to spend the next week here holed up inside the guild? We're going to spend the next 24 hours until Tokus is at full strength resting, and then... After that, we will, yeah, for the most part, we're going to stick to the guild. We may run a couple errands, you know, go to the corner store for a... A, a bagel. Yeah. A bagel and a shmeer every now and then. Bagel and a shmeer. We'll go to the deli. <laughs> I, I'm aware of why we're picking a week. Has something to do with that new item, doesn't it, Aslo? Yeah. Sure does. So even if we're planning to give it to someone else, it sounds like you want to cherry pick that plus two. Aslo's going to cherry pick that plus two. There's no question about it. That's right. <laughs> I guess so. It's going to happen. All right. We don't want to save it for if we want to give it to somebody else. I, nope. Yeah. We can use those two points of charisma a lot more than someone else can. <laughs> <laughs> it is the difference between on a player character versus a, a non-player character. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Just think about it, Tokus. A 22 charisma. Think about all the wonderful things we could do with that. Aslo could finally get over his fear of performing at children's birthday parties he could perf- start performing at children's birthday parties and we could be the clowns well hold on hold on your charisma isn't 20 is it brian uh my charisma is like probably a negative three but aslo's charisma is a 20 yeah <laughs> to the big two zero wow so this would put you over that heck yeah dog oh yeah 
Interesting. By exactly two points. <laughs> yeah, normally you can't go above the threshold of 20, right, Thane? Mm-hmm. Right. There are certain abilities that do it. But. Yeah. So the idea is that Aslo stays inside the guild at all times so that we, he is not to be messed with. So if mm. we need to leave the guild for any reason during this next week, it's one of the two of us that goes. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're like his serfs. It's almost like we've pledged fealty to him, and we're the ones going and getting him the bagels and such. Yeah, but our, you know, if our charisma were a little higher, then we'd actually matter. But sadly, we don't. <laughs> so yeah, we're just going to have to be the errand boys. Yeah, it's like we're your servants already. Yep. Yeah, that's right. It's almost like you have your first two servants. I mean, it's not like he can't cast charm person on us once per day anyway, or maybe even twice per day now. If he wanted to and just make us do what he wants. I mean, how do you know that I haven't already charmed you? Yeah, we could be charmed right now, Tokus, and we wouldn't even know it. I mean, do you remember being charmed? No, neither do I. No, but why do I have this sandwich in my hand and it <laughs> says for Aslo? Why am I knitting a sweater right now? <laughs> what? What is happening? A halfling-sized sweater. Weird. It says A-T on the back. Weird. <laughs> That's not how you spell Tokus Alton. Uh, I don't know, guys. It's strange. But why don't I take those and we'll, we'll keep talking? Uh, okay. And I willingly hand it over because of the charm. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, so I think that's what we do. Well, that's not what I, how I want to spend my whole week. Like, I want to hit up the Alchemist Guild, learn some new recipes. You know, I've been thinking, guys, I need to take some of these gizmos of mine to the next level. Ooh. So I'm going to be doing some tinkering as well. Ah. Maybe I'll pencil in some time for push-ups, but I'm, th- I'm thinking I mostly want to work on my gizmos. Sweet. I'm probably going to take my spell slots to the next level. <laughs> not literally, <laughs> just, you know. With some extra spells. Yeah. And may- maybe I'll go down to the sparring. There's got to be like a sparring situation here, right? At the guild? Oh, yeah, there is. Remember, we yeah. went to that big room. It had the, the big... The, the training room. Yeah, the training yeah. room with the foam blocks pit that you can jump into and the trampolines. Because, and- like, I, I feel as though some trampoline training could be a lot of fun. Yep. Also, I feel like I've been training so far, like, compartmentalized. You know what I mean? Like, I've been, like, I'm focusing on my gizmos or spells, and then I'm focusing on wearing big, hefty armor. And You know, I want to I bring my fighting style to one... To get, like, I need some togetherness, guys. I need some... I need, need some, some holistic mm. training? Exactly. Like, mm. yeah. Yeah. Co- you need some cohesiveness. Yeah, I hear acupuncture works really well for that. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is they have... Remember they said they're building those multicolored, like, Chuck E. Cheese-style hamster tunnels? <laughs> we could, uh, you guys could run through there, and I can army crawl through there, and we could train that way. <laughs> we can play in the ball pit. Be awesome. I, I'm just saying, I kind of want Tokus to like come together in his fighting style, kind of come into his own, like the gizmos working with the rest of what he's about. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, gaining a new level is a perfect way to do that. Yeah, I hear. What are you going to work on, Aslo? You're just going to meditate under the crown's influence. I'm just going to like become a better person in general. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You're going to change your uh, your alignment in one week. Yeah, I'm going to start obeying the law now um, <laughs> to, to become lawful. And uh, I mean, that's really all it takes when you think about it. So You can take the man out of the alignment, but you can't take the alignment out of the man. <laughs> I mean, the halfling. No, I, I will take my magic to my spell up, my spells to the next level, unlike Shaba. I mean, it seems like there's not official guidelines for the dungeon master to change the alignment of a player's character from my initial research. Mm-hmm. I don't know about 5th edition, but basically your alignment is whatever I say it is based on how you've been acting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Rationalization of behavior. Well, as well, I guess it's time for you to put on an orange vest and go pick up trash beside the highway. <laughs> go feed some <laughs> orphans. No, that's if I wanted to be good. I just want to be lost. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I don't care about being good. <laughs> Uh, you got me there. That is absolutely true. <laughs> okay, well then, you need to start obeying the speed limit. You need to bring cookies to town guardsmen and donuts. <laughs> you know, they love those. You need to show proper respect to authority. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, yeah. Got a lot of work to do, guys. It's going to take about a week at least. <laughs> well, mechanically, it seems like it's very case-by-case basis, and it seems like a common reason for alignment change is the player character, or the player doesn't 
feel like they're jiving with their character. It's it sounds like Shaba's the one that needs an alignment change. Actually, Jay, <laughs> you you've mentioned that before that you don't feel lawful and you don't act like it either. Playing a lawful good character is much harder than I ever imagined. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that I, in real life I'm chaotic neutral and so that's what I tend to char- play as characters because I just find it so difficult to play any other alignment I thought I'd give myself a challenge with Shaba and it's been hard mm. you all have your plans and you settle in for a long week of training and I spend my week of training just as I always do seeking a higher purpose <laughs> By attempting to split each arrow in the target with each subsequent arrow. (laughs) Robin Hood style. (laughs) That's just all I do. I just keep splitting every arrow. Bullseye, 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 bullseye. Natural 20 every time. You know, it's pretty easy to split arrows if you fill the whole target with them. That's true. <laughs> or if you just roll natural 20s. How many times are you able to do that, Shaba, over the course of the week? Infinite. I just keep doing it <laughs> until I do it again, and then I, I'm like, whoa, sweet, I just did it, and I just keep shooting until it happens again. <laughs> Man, it's amazing how easy archery is. I know. It's crazy. You go a few days into your training. It's been five days since you emerged on the surface, and at the moment you find yourselves training late into the evening, all in the guild hall together, the guild training hall. Uh, The other guild members have finished up for the night and left, and you're the last ones here getting ready to call it a night yourselves, when you are enveloped in an unnatural silence. What? Casting your eyes about you, you see but do not hear... The door burst open, and a towering humanoid figure, cloaked and masked in black, charging towards you. What? What the heck? Full initiative. What? Where are we? Are we at the guild? We're in the guild hall right You're now. in the guild training hall. Oh my god! I thought we were safe here. So did I. Hey, isn't there like a rule, like when we're training, that nobody can fight us? <laughs> That's what I thought. Isn't there a rule like that in the, yeah. in the rule book? I roll for initiative. <laughs> Forget this noise. I mean, forget this lack of noise. <laughs> it's a good thing I have a new plus one to my initiative bonus that we just remembered about. Oh. <laughs> What'd you get? <laughs> uh, a 23. Ooh. Thanks to Jack of All Trades. Nice. Master of none. Yes, exactly. That is, that is as low to a T. I get a 14. Shove gets a 14 and Stripey gets a 1. Tokus is on a 16. Is there anyone else around from the guild? Not in the room right now. I said there were a few other people around training with you, but they've all finished up and you were about to finish up yourselves. So mm. no. Maybe this is part of our training. Maybe maybe this person isn't here to kill us. <laughs> it probably is. You've been alone in here for the last five or ten minutes. Okay. Mm. Huh. Okay. And the figure is robed in black, you said? Yes. And stands probably eight or nine feet tall. Whoa. Mm. That's past Shaba height. Yikes. Yeah. Nobody's taller than Shaba. Seriously, that's a true giant. All right. Asla, you go first. So let me describe the area a little bit more to you. You are in the middle of the training hall. There's that combat pit behind you. If you remember from back when you fought the satyrs. Yeah. Pit's pretty much 10 feet behind you. And you are in relatively open space. There's like a few benches and training dummies and things around, but nothing too obstructive between you and the door. The door is 50 feet away, and this figure is now just inside the door. Huh. Okay, so they cast silence on us, burst open the doors, and then started charging toward us. So what would Aslo do? I think his gut reaction would be to cower in fear. But then you'd realize that getting out of the silence is the obvious <laughs> thing that we all want to do, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming I would have swords drawn since we were training. So I would start like skirting off to the side, uh, strafing. I'll start strafing, strafing off to the left. Yes. But then I'll have my swords drawn, uh, ready to attack if he comes near, unless I am able to get out of the silence uh, with my 25 feet of movement. Isn't silence like a... 20-foot sphere or a 30-foot cube or something? I think it gets stronger. Can't you upcast it? It's 20-foot radius. Radius, okay. So 40 feet across. Cube? Sphere. Sphere, okay. So you move 25 feet away? Yeah, the last few feet of that, you do start to hear your footsteps again, and you also hear this 
creature roaring and charging forward. It doesn't sound human in the way that its voice is working, like something's seriously wrong with its voice box if it is a human, but it's letting out a deep kind of roar. Wow. Yikes. Okay, so I think we can safely assume that we need to attack this thing. So I'll just I'll just ready an action to attack it when it gets close. I don't have any good long-ranged attack spells yet, so... Be nice if you had something like that. I mean, I guess I could Hypnotic Pattern. That counts as a long-range spell. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna do that. Let's try, let's try and knock it out. Hmm. Uh, it makes a wisdom save. I mean, if anything, this might dispel the silence. That's true, it might. Huh, true. He's the one who cast it. I succeeded on the save. Okay. Then I will pass my turn. I can't bardic inspiration, either of you, because you wouldn't be able to hear me. (laughs) (laughs) It's the creature's turn. And it decides to run straight forward into the silence and... Give Shaba a hug. Yeah, it goes for Shaba. Mm. How close is Shaba to me? I mean, you're all fairly close, but you're probably not right next to each other at this point. Say 10 to 15 feet apart. Stay close to me, Shaba. <laughs> I will. Oh, wait, we're, we can't hear each you other. Can't, yeah, you can't hear me. I'm just, <laughs> like, flapping my arms and pointing, like, come here <laughs> motions. And you're like, what? Like You're, like, doing, like, the shrug motion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Tokus? It raises up its massive fists and tries to bring them down. One of them misses, but then the other one strikes you directly on top of the head for a massive um, bump. I'm going to Stone's Endurance that, right? Probably. Wait, I, I get to know the damage. Yeah. So it hits you for 19 points of damage. Ooh. Um, yes. Yonkers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so eight of it are removed, so I take 11. Hmm. Ouch. That was not very nice. <laughs> Tokus. Yeah, uh, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> not so much. I can't cast spells. It swings meaty fists. Shaba, you can't really see the details on this thing, because it's shrouded completely in black. All you can see is this eye slit opening. It has even its you know, mouth and nose covered and everything. So, like, it's wearing, like, a leather suit that covers all of its features? And gloves and everything? No, it's just black cloth. Okay. But yes, it has gloves and everything. The only part of its skin that you can see is right around its eyes. What color is that skin? It's kind of a pale gray. Hmm. Okay. Weird. I'm just going to go in. So I'm, I'm going to move within five feet of Shaba and the monster if I can. So that means not going for flanking. Okay. Um, we're stripey. Could I position myself next to both of my companions? Well, if I can call Stripey that. <laughs> uh, Stri- I guess Stripey would be next to me. Yeah. You might want to flank with Stripey because I'm figuring on skedaddling here. Yeah, you're probably going to skedads. That's fair. I could I could go for a flanking with Stripes instead of trying to protect. That would be a good idea, especially if you're about to attack. You're trying to communicate this to each other without any sort of words. Yeah. All right, Tokus instinctively knows that he needs to <laughs> flank. <laughs> yeah, you come toward me and I just push you away and I point. Go to that five-foot square over there. <laughs> We're working on our nonverbal communication. All right. <laughs> All right, and I will strike at the beast. That's a three, so good thing I have the flanking. We're developing a thieves' cant of our own, but it's just in signs. We're calling it Merengian Sign Language. <laughs> uh, what about a 17 to hit? 17 hits. Yes. Fantastic. The best kind of hits. Oh, I rolled minimum damage, so that's five piercing. Okay. I will attack it again with my extra attacks. Oh, wow. I rolled a three again. Come on. All right. Here we go. I rolled three threes. What? What? What in the world? So that's a 10. I'm sure that doesn't hit. Come on. Nobody has an armor class of 10. Nobody. 10 hits. What? What? (laughs) What? This guy does. Dang. Really? What has two massive thumbs and has an armor class of 10? (laughs) Whatever this guy is. (laughs) All right. I rolled much better that time. So I deal nine points of piercing. All right. You can feel your swords are biting into flesh. You don't feel any armor or anything underneath. However, as you pull the second one out, you realize that there's no blood coming along with it. And Mm. it seems to have little effect, if any, on the creature. Oh, no. Holy schnooks. Oh, no. Is it an undead giant? 
This is not good, guys. This is not good. Good night. This is really not good. You just have standard rapier, correct? It's a non-magical rapier. We've talked about this. I don't have a magical <laughs> weapon. I can do magic, <laughs> but I don't have a magical <laughs> weapon. It's now Shaba's turn. Question. I don't have written down here for some reason uh, using the Lucky Rabbit's foot as a bonus action. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bonus action. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Um, I am going to take the withdraw action because I'm very brave. You're going to disengage? Disengage. Yes, the disengage action. Did I mention how brave I am? <laughs> and what is the, if I were to make a 180 degree turn and look behind, directly behind me, how far away is the wall? Turning directly behind you, there's the pit about 20 feet away, and then that's 30 feet or so across the pit, and then the far wall is another 20 feet past that, so 70 feet altogether. All right, I am going to take the disengage action, and I will begin to run around. Wait, is this pit like a, is like a foam pit? (laughs) It has those cool, comfy blocks. Uh, It has sand at the bottom. Oh, yikes. Or is it like an avocado pit? It's just sort of rounded and smooth. (laughs) It's about 30 by 30 square with sandy floors so they could more easily clean it up. Mm, Too bad I don't have Misty. I will, yeah, I will take the disengage action and I'm going to start running around the pit. How deep is the pit, actually? Yeah, that's a good question to ask, too. As I recall, it was not that deep. Five or six feet only. Okay, forget it. I'm jumping into the pit. I <laughs> jump into the pit and then move, and so I'll be like, what, ten feet across the pit from that. So disengage yeah. is just the ability to leave, right? And then yeah. move is what actually moves you. So, yeah, so I'll yeah. be ten feet across the pit. Okay. Now I want to start singing the pit song from uh, Parks and Rec. I fell in into the, the pit. pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mouse rat forever. <laughs> Are you going to do anything with your bonus action? Uh, I will... Uh, can I hear my footsteps in the sand? Yes, you can now. Okay, I will cast Hunter's Mark as a bonus action. Well, wait, can you Hunter's Mark something that's inside of silence? Uh, I presume so. Yeah. Because I thought about running and then hexing. Silence is an anti-magic zone, it's just no noise happens, so, like, you can't cast spells with verbal components, so you can still... Right. I thought you can't cast spells into silence. You can. Only if they require the target to hear. Right. Uh, Such as something like uh, Bardic Inspiration. Right. But he doesn't need to know that you've marked him. Right. Correct. I marked you! Exactly. Okay, cool. (laughs) Right. And that concludes my turn. Yeah, interestingly, Thunderwave doesn't even have any noise component. Like, they don't have to be able to hear you for you to Thunderwave them. Hmm. It does create a sound, but... Actually, Thunderwave deals thunder damage, which is nullified by the silent spell. Ah, well, that changes my plan for this next turn, then. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Stripey's turn. All right, Stripey flanking with Tokus will make an attack. He made it seem like non-magical attacks. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, damage is damage. If it's undead, then it could be that piercing deals less. Mm -hmm. I can never remember what the damage types are for undead. Anyway, Stripey gets a 13 to hit with his claws, so I assume that's slashing, and that'll be uh, 10 damage. He doesn't have any sort of special effects on his attacks right now? No, they're non-magical, unfortunately. So, yeah, he digs into it, but again, it seems like it has very little, if any, effect. Oh, little, if any? So he, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, all right. Yeah, he said something similar when I struck. Yeah, well, there's a difference between very little and none at all. Hmm, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, as though. All right, my only other theory would be to cast Thunder Wave as a way of potentially alerting other Sapphire Sabres. That might realize something's wrong and and come help, uh, because it creates a thunderous boom audible up to 300 feet away. Mm. So. That's a pretty good idea. Can you, like, make the thunder wave sound like the word help? (laughs) (laughs) Can you message Ribbon End at the front desk? Or the Drake at the bar? Message is only 120 feet, I think. Right. So, I don't know how this place is laid out. And I think there can't be, can pass through solid objects if you're familiar with the target and know it's beyond the barrier. Yeah, I mean, you're 50 feet from the wall, so if they're 70 feet anywhere beyond that wall... The training room isn't right next to the opening, and this is a massive place. 
Well, that's what I'm saying is I don't know what the floor plan of the place is. So Yeah, I think you're too far away to reach either of them at this point. Okay. Because otherwise, my option is to run in there with swords, which, as we have seen, is ineffective. Right. Um, you wouldn't be ineffective. You have a magical sword. I do. Oh, that's true. That's currently charged. That's true. It's um, uh, yeah. yes. It's magical it either way, and it, it is charged, you're right. You wouldn't be able to flank, though, because I'm flanking with stripes. Ooh. But you probably don't need it. This thing is a really low armor class. You know, the other thing I could do? I could cast a spell magic. That would at least give, well... Do either of your spells rely on sound? Are you saying that I could have hexed this guy this whole time? Hex has verbal. <laughs> mm, yeah, it does. Because I'm like cursing somebody. Yeah, Hunter's Mark. I mean, I've already cast it, so. Yeah. Yeah, if I dispel the silence, that would allow you to hex and me to thunder wave effectively. So, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to cast a spell magic. Any spell of third level or lower on the target creature, object, or magical effect ends. So you're not targeting the creature, you're targeting a magical effect. Yes, exactly. That automatically succeeds then. Sweet. Spell comes in handy every once in a while. Noise. And Tokus, you can now hear the monster roaring at you. Mission comp. <laughs> yeah. And then I will regain my courage and run in. I have advantage on saves versus fear, as it turns out. So I will dispel the magic and go charging in with swords drawn. And as I do, I shout, Tokus, the secret to success is knowing who to blame for your failures. And then I run in. <laughs> He's like, I blame you, Aslan, for holding me back from I blame you for everything. <laughs> but I'm glad that I can talk again. <laughs> That's my turn. All right, then it's my turn. It's going to turn and attack Stripey. No. Oh, sure. Pick on the little guy. <laughs> Stripey's AC is 13. Unknown at this time. Yes, no, it's 13. <laughs> one just missed. The other one hits for 20 points of damage. Ooh. Yummy. Mm. Yeah, he just stomps on Stripey's back and... You hear cracking. Ooh, ouch. Ugh. Yikes. Tokus. Man, so, guys, this whole time I was thinking Hex would be the way to go. I'm not so sure. This thing might be resilient or even heal from Hex. Really? Really? I think. The damage type, think about it. Like, in the past, we fought Is it those... necrotic? It's, yeah, it's necrotic damage. Oh, huh. So maybe I should just um, green flame blade. Yeah, it appears to be undead, but it also appears to... Just you need um, something magical to. So if it's both, if you need a magical weapon and it's undead, then necrotic would probably heal it. I would imagine. Thane, give us some facial clues so that we know <laughs> whether or not we're on the right track. Yeah, we're all looking at Thane expectantly. I think I think I should just green flame blade, dudes. Do it. Yep, agreed. That's what I think. Okay, so that will the standard weapon damage won't apply. It'll just be the green flame blade damage on that. Oh, so you're just letting me know that my physical damage is doing nothing to this guy. So he's very ghostly. Yeah, I think after three attacks, I think you've figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little to nothing. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> at fifth level, the melee attack deals an extra 1d8 fire. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I could deal a d8 of fire. That's more than zero eight of fire. I mean, zero d8. Tokus pulls the trigger on his nifty rapier, and it starts a flame across the blade. Yeah, I rolled a natural one. Awesome. But I'm flanking with stripes, right? You sure are. <laughs> yep. My rolls have been terrible tonight. Here we go. Here we go. All right. 16 plus 7. Noise. And damage. I will just roll the fire. I deal three fire damage. Hey. Yep. Three damage is three damage, as they say. Yeah. Don't you have, um, do you have frost fingies? I do have frost fingies. Frost fingies would be if he fails a, it's a constitution check. It's 2d8. Oh, constitution check. I forget how that works with undead. Do they not have constitution scores? <laughs> Everything has constitution scores in 5th edition. Everything. Okay. So your fire doesn't seem to do a whole lot of damage. It does some, obviously, with the three points, but... You also notice that the creature seems to respond to it and tries to brush off the flame and put it out. Mm. Make sure that his cloak doesn't catch on fire. It seems to react to the fire strongly in some way. Mm. Maybe afraid of it. As if it's shaken by it. Hmm. Or, yeah. Oh. 
Anybody got a fire damage club uh, laying around? <laughs> the fire damage club. <laughs> yeah. Does that end your turn? Or are you... I think that's all I'm going to... Well, unless I can get to... Don't you have a second attack? Well, when it comes to using green flame blade, I don't. Oh, no, not with the cantrips. That's right. Hmm. You could action surge, but is it worth it for three damage? <laughs> for one to... Between one and eight fire damage? No, it doesn't seem worth it. Although, <laughs> yeah. it might be super effective. He might be weak against it. He seemed to react to it. Um... He hasn't react, reacted to anything else. I could try mm-hmm. to move to be able to be in a better position to protect. Can I move, like, not leave the target, but, like, move around a target and not incur... I think flanking is probably better. I don't know. I'd rather be next to you in stripes. Mm. Like, you could be the one to flank with stripey. I want to be next, like, like okay, here's, here's the target, right? I want to be the one that's in between you and stripey so I can protect you guys. Yeah. So, do I see Aslo coming? He did just inspire me, so I would have noticed him. Yeah. So, w- which way is he coming? I'm assuming I'm coming back in from the side, which yeah, I think Stripey was on the back and you were on the front. You were closest to the front door. So, if I move either right or left 90 degrees around the target, Brian can get, and then I would be... I don't think the exact positioning is all that important. You can circle around and get next to Stripey, and Aslo can make it to wherever he needs to next time. Okay. To be within five feet of me? Yeah. Cool. And still maybe flanking? Maybe? Yeah. Okay, I'll give up my flanking position to get close to Stripes. If... Yeah, okay. I I was going to say, if you do that, then Stripey won't be flanking with you this coming turn of his, but that doesn't matter because his attacks aren't doing any damage anyway. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I just, I want to be able to protect him. He's not dealing damage unless he learns how to spit fire. He's just here to soak and flank. Yeah. Hmm. That's his role. And I'm not dealing all that much damage anyway, so I'm going to move to be able to protect him and potentially Brian. Yeah, you can also tank. Don't forget about your, I mean, I guess I was just thinking about your attack spells in general. I mean, Frost Fingers is not that much more powerful than me just green flame blading over and over again. Hmm. Like, if he succeeds on the con save... The frost fingers dealt just as much as my green flame blade does in this case. Mm. Don't you have a fire starter? That's what is incorporated into my rapier. Mm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> fire is good. I like fire. Let's move on to Shava. All right. So I'm going to cross the rest of the pit and clamber up the other side. Uh, and uh, how are you guys feeling about... Uh, a damage type called Lightning of the Ramlord damage. What do, you, what do you think about that? How does that strike you? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully it doesn't strike me, but... <laughs> well, yes, hopefully that's the case. So nobody's in a direct line with me since I ran straight back from him, and, and Stripey was beside me. So... And now Tokus has wheeled around, so... Right. Well, hopefully I would have wheeled around, not... I'll say Shava can go a little bit off to the side to make sure he doesn't hit anyone with that. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna uh, bonus action uh, rub the the old rabbit's foot, and then I'm gonna fire up the old lightning. Use a charge. Our single most awesome ability in this whole party, damage-wise. It's a good thing this guy's easy to hit. Well, actually, I take that back, because I was like, I rolled a two... And then I rolled an 8, so that's a, still a 16, which is not bad. Wait, yeah. wait, did you roll the two first? Uh, I rolled them both at the same time. Uh, we can't know if the rabbit's foot was relevant then. <laughs> well, it, it was relevant in the sense that the only die that I rolled wasn't a 2, so that helped. <laughs> All right, um, so he's going to... First, let me take my damage. Uh, I take... Oh, yikes, I took the full 6. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, it had some sting on it. Yeah, it did. I was really, uh, really jonesing for this one. Weren't we talking about how this was going to create some sort of, like, weird masochistic feedback with you, like, as you're hurting <laughs> yeah, others? Yeah, right. It's like a, like a Pavlovian <laughs> response, right, where I get the pain. <laughs> like, you it, like it, the it pain. It feels so good. Because... Right, <laughs> it allows me to do tons of damage. All right. So, four from the lightning bow, another d6 from the... Uh, Hunter's Mark, and then a D8 from the bow itself. But Hunter's Mark damage is just extra whatever your weapon is dealing, right? But Oh, wait, but your your weapon's magical. Correct, but only in the sense that it allows you to shoot the lightning. It doesn't have, like, a plus one on it or anything. No, but... But it's still a magic weapon. It's a magic weapon. Yeah, it does count as magical, correct. Which I think that also applies to this Hunter Mark damage, right? Uh, I think so. So that's 20 damage. 
did exactly as much to him as he had done to me prior. Can you separate that out into... Yes. Um, oh, no. <clears throat> yeah, sucky. <laughs> uh, so it's 12 lightning damage, 7 from the bow, and then 1 extra from the hunter's mark. The arrow strikes it, and you unleash your crackling thunder throughout the room, passing a couple of feet in front of Tokus there. <gasps> But to your chagrin, as the lightning strikes it, it seems rather than damaging and burning it, it actually is crackling around it and giving it more power and energy. Oh, no. Come on. (laughs) Oh, maybe he knows absorb elements. (laughs) Dude. So it's just fire, then. We just have to fire damage by this thing to death, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, just to make sure that was uh, Uh, lightning damage? That was lightning damage, yep. Okay. Yeah. The end result is that it seems like it's just as strong as it ever was before. Mm. Awesome. Like, as in it possibly healed? Possibly. Yeah, I'm thinking that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. I just healed it for 12, guys. Awesome. You can thank me later. (laughs) Aslo just (sighs) hangs his head. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Did it look like the arrow itself hurt it? I mean, it is fi- being fired from a magical bow. Yeah, as far as you could tell. Okay, so maybe my regular arrows do do something since it's mag- since the bow's magical. So I healed it for 12 and then damaged it for 8, maybe. Maybe. Making progress. <laughs> so I only healed it for 4, guys. It's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, I think I know what we need to do. We need to get me out of tanking... And into fire bolting. Mm. Mm-hmm. My fire bolt is 2d10 fire. Wow, yes. Ooh, yes. yes. Can you, like, just misty the heck out of that step and just... I can't cast two spells in a turn unless I action surge. Mm. Right. Well, or one of them's a cantrip. True. Really? Or one of them's a cantrip. And the fire bolt is a cantrip. So I could, like, misty as if that was my disengage. Yeah, you could misty, then take a move backward, and then fire bolt. Stripey's turn. Is it even worth attacking? Here for Stripey, is there? Oh, he can fight defensively, right? But we can dodge. Yeah, he'll take the defense action. Take the yeah, take the right, dodge. Action. Take, take the, the dodge, dodge action. action. Sorry, I've been I've had Pathfinder on the brain, like I said for <laughs> for this game of play. Making fortitude saves and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I will. Stripey will take the dodge action. As the going back to Sean's question, uh, you could still only cast two spells in a turn, right? Even if you took the action surge. Oh, no, Thane was saying because it's a cantrip. Yeah, but how does that work with Action Surge? The role is worded in a really poor way Hmm. (laughs) so that it interacts weirdly with Action Surge. Basically, if you cast a spell as a bonus action, you can only cast cantrips for the rest of the round. Okay, so you could Misty Step, Firebolt, or Misty Step, Move Away, Firebolt, Action Surge, Firebolt again. Yeah. On the same turn. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. That's exciting. Technically, if you wanted to cast a leveled spell with your action surge, that's not allowed, but eh, I don't care. You could do that, too. <laughs> mm. That makes me real excited, Tokus. <laughs> You're, you might be the linchpin that's going to hold this party together. Well, we haven't figured out if magic is relevant or irrelevant. I mean, I think you still have something you could do here, Brian. Like, we haven't figured out if magic weapon damage is completely worthless. Yeah, yeah, I do have something I can do. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and try and attack. So my Kingslayer is charged from last turn, and I believe... Are you flanking with stripes? Oh, yeah, I'll move into flanking with stripes. I believe my extra attack, I can attack twice with that, that weapon. It would be the bonus action. That would be my offhand. Is that right, Thane? Right. Okay, cool. All right, so... First attack, Kingslayer, charged up, is going to be plenty, 19 plus something, 3, 4, 5, piercing magical. Oh yeah, let me roll uh, advantage just to make sure. No, not better. All right, and then second attack, another 19 plus something, and then 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, piercing magical. And then bonus action, I will give uh, Bardic Inspiration to Shaba. Sweet, dude. Thanks. So it does seem like your sword is having an effect on it. It's dealing damage. But yeah, the other wounds that it's sustained so far have closed up. I'm wondering if it's specifically lightning that heals it and any other damage type might not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I get a chance to hex it, I could, but I'm worried that's just going to heal him. I've heard of that before. 
Weren't we fighting some kind of like yep. woodland weird thing and, and your druid called lightning <laughs> on it and it healed it? Yeah, I think it was a shambling mound, actually. Shambling mound, that's right. Yep. Yeah. And that healed it, yes. Yep. I was DMing. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we should take the cloak off and see what this guy actually looks like. Yeah, see, yeah. Toka, see if you can wrestle this nine-foot uh, creature to the ground and take off its hood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have at it. It's all you. Pull a Scooby-Doo, and then he'll say, if I would have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't been for you meddling kids. <laughs> yeah, it's just an old man in a nine-foot <laughs> brute costume. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> okay, well, I attack Aslo, both attacks. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Can I protect him? You can indeed. You can. Uh, I guess I can only protect him from one of the attacks, though. Yeah. I'll impose some disadvantage. Okay. The second attack still gets through. No! But can't you make him re-roll that, Brian? Oh, I can indeed. I will use second chance. Uh, when a creature you can see hits you with an attack roll, use your reaction to force a re-roll. How does that interact with disadvantage? Well, you said the one that had disadvantage on it missed, but then the other one that didn't have disadvantage hit, right? I would assume that you it's just a normal roll. Just an extra d20. Normal attack, yeah. Probably. Yeah, that rolled higher. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he got a crit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't that ability result in your enemy getting a crit, potentially? I guess it could, yeah. Because it's you forcing them to re-roll. They could roll a 20. Mm-hmm. Sure. Depends on exactly how it's ordered, but maybe. Well, you take 17 points of damage. Oof. Oof. Painful. As it slams directly into your arm Bends your arm backwards. Ooh. Ouch. Hey, I need that arm. <laughs> I was gonna use that arm. <laughs> Took us. Man, this is this is not good. But remembering that he put the fire out on his robe or cloak, I'm gonna snap my fingers and enter the shadow realm. Mm. And uh wait, which which way should I go? So Tokus is like looking around in the shadows. Like, mm. Mm. I didn't think this through. It's always shadowy in Tokus Adelphia. <laughs> I, I guess I move should I move towards the entrance cuz you're on the other side of the arena. You're on the other side of the the divot. Right? Mm-hmm. You're in front of the I'm on the other side of the pit. Okay. I'm going to move towards the entrance then. That's a good idea. I think you could get in the doorway if you wanted to. I mean, I don't want to be too far. Yeah, don't go in the doorway. Do we really believe that this thing casts silence? I don't. There's something else out there, Tokus. It could just sneak up on you from behind if you're not careful. We have had monsters cast spells at us before. We have, but this thing? I mean, he's not sitting there casting spells now. He's just pounding on us. Hmm. Well, I guess I don't need to go into the doorway. I could maybe be near the doorway. I would keep your distance from that doorway. Okay, well, I just want to make a healthy... I'll misty step, and then I'll move towards the doorway, but not into the doorway. Could you make a perception check? Uh-oh. Jay, you were so right. Oh, I rolled a critical... Hey! A 20! The natty twan! Natty twanzo! You vanish and reappear in a puff of black smoke, and as you're moving towards the doorway and turning around to face the monster, you see just something catches your eye, a little glint of light, and you turn it around and you see the crown of Altoria hovering in the air next to you, moving towards the door. Good gracious. What? So I see the crown of Altoria. So Aslo didn't notice his crown being lifted off of his head? I rolled checks, and no, you didn't notice. Wow. Uh, I want to try to grab it. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. What would that involve, me trying to grasp it? I have already bonus action. I would say it's a dexterity check. I'm not very good at dexterity checks, but I will try my best. (laughs) All right, here we go. Oh, and I have uh, bardic inspiration. That's true. It's true, you do. I rolled an 11 plus 1. I think I should use the part. I think to be yeah. safe, you should use the part. Uh, it's a D8 now, right? Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't want this to slip through my fingies. <laughs> Ooh, I rolled max on the D8. Nice. <laughs> so that makes it a, a non-natural 20. Awesome. An unnatural 20. Yeah. Okay, so you reach out and grasp the crown and pull, and you feel a little bit of resistance as you pull it away, just for mom- a moment, and then it's done. And you have the crown in your hand. Phew. Nice. I got it, guys. You saved it. Nice grab, Tokus. Can I use my item interaction to put the crown into my the sack, the interdimensional sack? 
Yeah, you could. B- bonus action, misty step. Action to grab it. Action grab. Interaction. Item interaction. Put it away. Bag it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tag it and bag it, baby. Whew. All right. So I could bonus action to shoot this thing. I mean, action surge. I, I could surge. action surge to shoot this thing. I don't think I should. Why not? Not with a non-magical weapon. You should shoot it with your firebolt. Oh, firebolt. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I was thinking of firebolting it, but here's here's the thing, guys. I think there is something else here. I don't want to blow the surge this early in the fight. Okay. Fair. I think I should just be satisfied with I got very lucky on the perception <laughs> and we still have the crown. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to turn and face the enemy, but I'm going to be thinking about what's behind me. What <laughs> sort of action did you have to use to put the crown in the bag? My item interaction. Your item interaction, okay. Like but you can, you know, sheath or unsheath weapons yeah. yeah, as well. Also, just while I'm thinking of it, let's not forget about our session inspirations. Yes. And access to the bag requires that verbal password, correct? Yes. No. Okay. Items that are just in the bag are sitting in the bag like normal, but it, with a command word, you can either send it to or take it from the interdimensional portal. Mm. I think that's what he intended to do, is put it in interdimensional space, right, Tokus? You wouldn't have just put it yeah. in your backpack. No, no, no. That's why I said I want to put it in the interdimensional satchel. Right. Well, you can put it in the bag, but it's just sitting in the bag until the item is activated. Oh, is that an item interaction? What does he have to do to activate the item? I thought it was just a command word. I think I think I remember us talking about this last time. Yeah, it was just a, a, a password. Right, a command word. Is me uttering the command word something that I can't do this turn? I did write in the description here that speaking of command word does not require an action, which differs from most magic items. So huh. This is a very powerful magic item, so yeah, <laughs> I whisper the command word. Because I don't want anybody to hear the command word that might be listening in, so I whisper it to right. the satchel. <laughs> okay. What is the command word, by the way? I should look at that. dong. Let's go ahead and set that precedent right now, that any time we put something into the satchel, it is assumed and understood that it is going directly into extra-dimensional space. Yeah, unless stated otherwise. Right. Okay. And I don't have specific words actually written up for what you're saying there, so... You're not going to find it if you look. Hmm. I bet it's Murney is the greatest. Probably. <laughs> Shabba. Um, I'm just going to take a regular bow shot at the guy. That's a 12 to hit for uh, 10. I, I got to be honest. When we saw, like, I, th- I thought Thane was describing that this thing was actually an illusion. When he was, like, describing the, the like, wispy... Like, Puppet Master was, like, the first visual my brain mm. started going for. I didn't realize it was grabbing the crown yeah. was what was happening. My sense is someone just uh, mage-handed it. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you, as a Dungeon Master, how do you, like, how would Brian know that his charisma fell? <laughs> is it just, like, something you would have to mention if you wanted him to have a weaker stat than he realized, or...? His charisma hasn't changed. Oh, that's right. That doesn't mm. happen until a week after wearing the crown. So we're just yeah. going to have yeah. to spend a few extra days sitting here. Yeah. Oh, is it continuous? So, like, it reset the week? I think so. Yep. Yeah. One continuous week. That mage oh. hand just reset the clock. Yep. Oh, no. We lost five days worth on that. Mm-hmm. Aslo, how could you let it out of your sight? Dude, I don't know. You can't see the crown on your own head. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's just got all that fluffy hair, so, you know, can't feel it coming off of his skin directly like you could with your bald head. <laughs> <laughs> Always bringing up the bald head, aren't you, Thane? <laughs> Some people. <laughs> I was referring to Tokus. <laughs> I wonder how many of our listeners, like, have gone to the webpage and know that Brian has a wonderful beard. <laughs> but also a beautiful shaved head. <laughs> Paint. <laughs> Thanks for, for padding that comment with the uh, with the beard one. <laughs> they might not be interested enough in the show to know what we actually look like or what we're doing with our lives. They just like the show. Yeah, they, just like, our, they like our characters a lot more than they like us, let's be honest. Right. Uh, probably. <laughs> what are we going to do, guys? Try to defeat this thing, I guess. How do I feel like my arrow did? How do I feel like it performed? Like you would expect an arrow to, so it seems right. to be effective. Sweet. It's a bu- it's an arrow from a magical bow. Right, but I didn't know if it was, like, piercing, but also magical, you know what I mean? If it was, like, piercing weapons where he was resistant to them. Mm. You gotta bust out those punching bag at tipped. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> Our party is totally devoid of many other different types of damage besides piercing. 
and slashing. Piercing, slashing. Like, we gotta get me, like, a war hammer or something. <laughs> You're all piercing. Or a fire damage club, Tokus. That would be bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. You all do piercing damage as your primary attack. Except for Stripey. Right. Oh, that's true. Who's slashing. Yeah, we need some different weapon types, for sure. It's This is not the first time this has come up where it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, not that hard for us to go to, like, the local weapon shop and swap out somebody's weapon. Like, Jay's the only one we can't really do that with. But, like, Jay, even you should maybe have a different weapon type, because you're already piercing. Hey, I've got a fire damage club, man. I'm set. <laughs> Brian, you're like piercing, piercing, aren't you? I'm like piercing, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're piercing, piercing, piercing. Jay is piercing, piercing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. We should diversify. Like, like <laughs> we should write this down. Tokus, I keep trying to tell you this. I have several fire damage clubs. We're good. <laughs> We're all set. But I don't want to use an uh, improvised weapon. I want, like, a real weapon. Hmm, I see. Well, you're the fighter. Fight something. <laughs> Tokus, you're trying to keep your eye on what's going on on multiple fronts. You know, the battle that you can see and whatever else might be around you. And you hear a whisper in your ear. And it says, why don't you lend me that crown for a few hours? Oh, no. And make a wisdom save. No. That sounds like a really good idea. All right. Do I have gnome <laughs> You have gnome advantage. You do. A wisdom do I, I have gnome advantage? <laughs> You've got gnome field advantage. Uh, that is an eight so far. <laughs> Episode title. Episode title. I really, really wish I still had the bardic, because I rolled an eight so far, guys. Mm. Here we go. All right, I rolled an eight and a five. So eight's your total save, Wisdom? My highest was an eight. With no modifier. I rolled an eight and a five. Yikes, dude. That's not going to work. It sounds like a great idea to you to give this voice the crown. Oh, no. Do I just get the crown out of the... On your next turn, you will. (laughs) (laughs) Man. 